Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. We're back with another special edition of the Big Gold Belt Podcast. If storylines have not made sense from WrestleMania to it's, now. It's been the, the best told story leading into this on WWE. This, this pay-per-view, it feels big, it feels important, but... Ultimately, it's exciting. The biggest thing that, that stood out for me when I seen it, I was like, okay, this has to be a joke. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like... <laughs> All right, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Big Old Belt Wrestling Podcast. This is uh, Two Chains here along with my great fella, Jamal the Giant Crab. What's up, brother? Hello. How's it going? I mean, it's cool, you know. Fireworks, America, uh, you know, 4th of July, Canada Day is a big deal. So it's a good time. Speaking of Canada Day, we have a guest actually <laughs> joining us today um, from Canada. And um, introduce yourself. You have the floor. Introduce yourself. You know, tell us who you are and why are you here on the show today? How, what, 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 what are we going to talk about today? Just give us a big questions. The big questions, guys. <laughs> Uh, so hi, I'm sorry that I am a disembodied flat face on the screen. Um, my my apartment has lighting that makes me look like a corpse. So once I get that fixed, I promise I'll be on video. I do actually look like that. It's not a weird catfish. Um, but my, hi, my name is Caitlin. Um, I am from the country of two wonderful U.S. champions, not just Kevin Owens, but also Kenny Omega, good Canadian boys, also U.S. champions. Um, yeah, I guess I'm here to talk about wrestling. Like, I've been a fan since I was 15, I think, which was the kind of the apex of the Attitude Era. So it was the really good time for wrestling when fucking everybody had the Austin shirts. And The Rock was the biggest thing in the world. It was an awesome time to be a fan because, you know, there's blood, there's swearing. It was great. It wasn't PG. It was fantastic. Uh, and then I just kind of dropped out and stopped watching for a while, which I think happens to a lot of fans if I'm... You know, if I'm not mistaken. Around like 2001 kind of, for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I dropped out in 2001. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I will say, like, these are the years I don't regret missing. Um, you know, I'm glad that I wasn't around for the Benoit murders. So that was a good time to not be watching wrestling. Um, but I will totally cop off the bat. Missed the CM Punk years. Missed the Daniel Bryan years. I came back in in 2015. So I'm still, you know, a couple of years. I had to do my research. I had to go back and, you know, watch The Shield because I ended up loving The Shield. Uh, so I was really like super 1,000 fucking percent into WWE for about a year and a half. And, you know, it's that mindset that I think a lot of people get in where it's like, oh, WWE is the best. It's the only thing I want to watch. I know there's so much wrestling out there, but I only want to watch my guys. And then I started watching Ring of Honor because I have, I have, it was on the cable channel one night. And I'm like, ah, so it's like, shit, I'm totally going to watch it. And then I, <laughs> I fell in love with it. So I started religiously watching Ring of Honor. And then that led to New Japan because they have that partnership. So I started watching New Japan. And then I started getting into the indies in Toronto and watching the local scene and going to some shows here. And they'd bring in local talent and bigger talent. And then it just kind of snowballed. So right now, I still watch all the WWE product. But, you know, I will really focus. I do talk a lot about indie wrestling and ROH. Uh, some TNI, I guess it's Global Force now. <laughs> uh, so Global Force, shout out Jeff Jarrett, and um, yeah, New Japan. I just, I'm kind of all over the map. I still really like to keep up with WWE because it is, it is the big one. It's the big guys. Not the big guy. That's the Ryback. Is yeah. <laughs> where, is, where is the Ryback now? <laughs> he's, he's, he's trying to collect um, money in Maryland he's, somewhere. He's injured. He's uh, hanging out with me. 
He's a, he's, he's a Virgil. We don't know. Where's the big guy? Um, but yeah, that's where I am now. So uh, yeah, I do talk a lot about all kinds of wrestling. Um, yeah, I just, I love it. It's watched fucking 10 hours of it a week. It's great. It's a great scene to be in. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Um, by the way, Jamal, I like the hat. I thought I got this, uh, let you know. I might, I, might, I might just start calling you the Mad Hatter because I do not believe you've ever worn the same hat on every show. That definitely has. That that is that that is awesome, dude. But well, yeah, I just I mean, got it. So I mean, but Caitlin, honestly, like nowadays, it's so 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 much wrestling, so many different avenues to watch it. I mean, I, I so much to watch. I still can't get over how how good and successful uh um. Russell Circus is doing over streaming over Twitch. I mean, like it's a great experience. And I mean, at this point now, it's just almost no way that you <laughs> if you were once a wrestling fan before, not to have jump not a way to get back into it or have something to add, like actually get you back like involved in some way, shape, or form. I mean, even now, um, I'm seeing the really non-casual fans pick up the show Glow on Netflix and all of a sudden are like, Oh, wrestling is pretty cool again. <laughs> it's, it's like if you, yeah, if you want I think if you you know if you don't want to be a fan you're not going to be a fan but it is so easy to get into it now because it's everywhere it's once you start looking for it I think and I have had a lot of friends on Twitter who, who aren't fans but they do say like I never realized how popular wrestling was until you look at Twitter or you just look in pop culture because once you start seeing it you see it everywhere right yeah. like yeah I, I mean I, I mean our president is tweeting. <laughs> <laughs> He's in the oh. Hall of Fame, guys. He's in the Wrestling Hall of Fame. Like, I, forgot Hall of about, Fame. I yeah. forgot about that, actually. <laughs> yeah, he, it's just, it's that like the worst stunner in all time. Worst stunner of all time. Sorry, so, Linda. It was the worst stunner. Speaking of that, because this is not even on the script for today anyway, um, apparently the Reddit, the Reddit um, account that made that, that, um, that gif of him yes. attack. Like, all right, whatever. Of him with the CNN face. Um, the uh, FBI was searched for him and found him. And wh- why is that even a big deal? He's a grown-ass I mean, man. <laughs> I, I don't get this. Like, I, wh- what am I not getting about this? Why? Why is it a big deal that that was tweeted out? I didn't hear that the FBI well, was looking for him. I, I, did you hear that? Yeah, yeah, yes, I heard you. FBI... My bad. You, you. I didn't hear that. Yeah. Seriously, and I was just like, oh, man, we see this stuff all the time, and I'm like. Then I was thinking, like, is that even original? Like, I, I really feel like I recall seeing that long time ago, but apparently it was a big deal. Yeah, see, what, what I heard was was that CNN was um, found the dude originally, and because he um, and threatened to put it published his um, personal information, known as doxing online, uh, they threatened to dox him if he didn't you know, retreat and retract and blah blah blah, because the dude has a very eclectic sense of humor. And um, he's a, a prominent member of the subreddit. I'm going to hell for this. So, whatever Burger King he works in, if they uh, found out that he's posting, you know, insert warlord here was never wrong, then he will definitely lose his job and get um, you know kicked in the ass every time he waits for the bus. So <laughs> he immediately said, "Oh, I saw a boss. I didn't know that that was the wrong thing to do." So. But I didn't hear that the FBI was involved because what crimes were committed? I don't know, man. I don't know. I seen that was just like, man, I had enough of this already. Like it was a, it was cool. He tweeted it was a little bit absurd, but hey, so be it. I mean, yeah. 
Um, yeah. Anywho, but it's, but it's weird. It's weird because CNN would be the one that would be committing a felony if they are threatening to blackmail this guy if he doesn't play fair. I mean, there's a bunch of free speech issues that would be um, um, CNN would be in the wrong there. So I don't know. I don't know if you heard that, but that yeah, would be kind of stupid if the FBI looked for him. I read like two days ago, or whatever. But I, like I said, I read the headline, read a little bit of article. And I was like, like what? Like I don't know. To no importance for real, but just was curious about that. What anybody take was, but anyway, um, yes, a lot of wrestling of big promotions uh, from the last week going into this week as well. I mean, we had the um, the G One special um, from New Japan Pro Wrestling. We had Slammiversary fifteen from Impact, which uh, the, the promotion formerly known as Impact. Yes, promotion formerly known as Impact, formerly known of TNA. Who still uses all of their old, formerly, <laughs> their former I love it. I love it. <laughs> so you know, this wasn't even going to be this wasn't even going to be the first topic, but might as well. But no, really, what is Global Force? I, I mean, Jeff, J- you know, it's a Jeff Jarrett Ponzi scheme with gold bars. Like that's all I know. Like fucking Jeff Jarrett. I like the guy. Jeez, and you know, Scott Steiner's there for some reason. I, I will never say no to Scott Steiner being anywhere for anything. <laughs> Fucking Scott Steiner's the best, but what is it? You know, I, I've oh God, global force. The funny thing is that Cody holds their championship. What the fuck is Cody going to do with the global force championship belt? Does like, he? They're going to. Ha- he does. He's their champion. Yeah. <laughs> they're going to have yeah. to uh, like discontinue the belt, and so they're just going to have to make a defunct or, or make a new one. Or what did they do? They they unified the belts on on anniversary. Is that what they did? Yeah, that's what happened. But I didn't. So. He yeah, Alberto Del Rio, who I thought was the champion, um, unified it um against Bobby Lashney and well, won. They have like three heavyweight championships though. So they, yeah. there's the Glare champion, there's the uh global force champion, and then there's like the Bob's discount furniture champion, and they all you know have a thing. Oh, about it. Uh, <laughs> oh no. I can't I can't <laughs> But no, really, though. So, okay, so Global Force, officially the rebranding of Impact Wrestling. I mean, does it, I mean, do I, can I change the channel? It is 8 o'clock. Can I change the channel and does it say Impact now? Or, I don't know. I mean, does it say Global Force now? Does it say Impact? Like The the titles and splashes and bugs should say Global Force. But because they taped so far in advance, uh, the ring aprons and stuff would say um, Impact. But... Honestly, do they even buy new gear because they change their name every six months? <laughs> is the owl not the owl not involved in this at all? I personally was offended when they discontinued Hootie. Uh, I was a fan of Hootie, <laughs> and, um, and and it's it's really a crying shame that um that owl really got so disrespected. That owl got buried faster than Bailey did. Do you know that Slammiversary started with not the ball eagle, but an owl being called to the ring? Well, I mean, that's a party bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I love sense. it though. I love it. I love it. I mean, yeah, it makes sense, but come on now. And they, they zoomed in to get an owl a, a close up. I was just like, oh, am I really? Am I really about to watch this? Like, am I really about to watch this? But the indeed, best I, seven and a half hours of your life. I, you know what? I tell you why. I tell you why I watched it. One because, no, because I really wanted to see the Sanjay Duck and uh Lo, Lo Kai match, which was great. Wow. 
Um, but I had to endure some a lot of other matches that I probably didn't want to see until then. However, though, the treat out of this is that I did get to see the Moose and D'Angelo Williams versus um Chris Masters, um, or Chris O'Don. Hey, I could call him Chris Masters because whoever's on commentary called him Chris Masters like three times too. <laughs> so, you know, whatever. But um, and Eli Drake, and I know Jamal, who doesn't watch football, doesn't know who D'Angelo Williams is, but D'Angelo Williams was um he was the starting uh, running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers last year in the absence of um of who's who's the running back? Um I can't even think. Anyway. Uh, Franco, Franco Harris. No, sir. Wait. <laughs> no, sir. But anyway, in the um one of their star running backs, not coming to me right now, but he's 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 elite and he was hurt. I, oh, easy to hurt suspended. No. <laughs> But D'Angelo Williams is also an ex-Panther, which hits home for me because I'm a Panthers fan. But nonetheless, he wrestled, and I thought he wrestled one heck of a match for his first match. I mean, Caitlin, did you get a chance to check it out? I did watch it. I was really impressed. Like I said, he was better than Ziggler. Like, he was great. He was fast. He was crisp. He hit those moves. Some of them I was not expecting. Like, he was probably, he would have been one of the better guest stars if they had him on WWE. Like, he was really great. And I'm amazed, like I was saying, he apparently he's retired now from wrestling. That was his one match. Uh, he wants to be, he, he, he's waiting for the phone to ring so he can go back and play football. But um, yeah. you know what? God, I think, like, he's got a future there. I mean, I... He's undefeated. Yeah, I, I mean, like, well, I went into... <laughs> He's, yeah, he's on cage match, and he's probably like one no. But um, I admit, I did go into it wondering, like, okay, how much is Eli gonna have to carry him here? You know, because you see, you see the guest stars who have the wrestling matches, and God, when, when was the last good one? Eh, like Stephen Amell was all right, I guess he was yes. pretty good. Yeah, he was pretty good. And by far, by far the best uh, um, guest appearance for a wrestling match ever. Um, he might be, he might, you know, he might have been better than Moose for fuck's sake. Like, oh, I like Moose. No. no, I think he look, he looked he, anyway. He he carried the match, sir. I don't know. I mean, Carl Malone is the greatest guest wrestler ever. Carl Malone is definitely my second guest <laughs> best guest ever. I mean, the diamond cutter he hit might have been the best diamond cutter I've ever seen, and that comes from fifteen year old me for sure. And right. I was hyped when it came out. Bash at the beach, I would never forget that. And you know what's so crazy? I used to think DDP was so tall until Carl Malone came next to him. I was like, Jesus Christ, basketball players are tall. But I mean, well, yeah. let's not forget the other star that was in that match, Dennis Rodman, who I know that is absolutely your favorite player. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, isn't he in North Korea right now? Isn't he a diplomat uh, in North Korea or something right now? <laughs> like, he's like the talking? unofficial ambassador in North Korea. Yeah, he's um, saving lives. That's what he's doing. <laughs> that's, the wow. world, that's the world we live in. I guess I, I guess he is the all-time best rebounding person it, person of all time. Uh. He's his humanitarian, damn it. And, and, and Dennis Rahman and Hootie uh, are the same ilk. They are the great beings that uh, are, are yeah, spreading joy across the world. <laughs> I can't. I can't take anything about him, politics, or anything with him. This serious, point blank, not not at all. That's why we watch wrestling. We don't but have you, to take it seriously. But, but you know, if he had a reality show, like that, that might be the utmost seriousness I can give him. I can definitely see like the Rodman of they, reba- rebound of love or something. A show um, where they, a show where people who get in relationships or marriage and Dennis Rodman is there to make them feel better. I, I mean, if but Dennis Rodman. Didn't he come into the ring, uh, not the ring, the uh, arena in a wedding dress because he married himself before the playoffs, like oh, in 97? Wow. That's... 
There's no so I don't know if he should be. That is, that is pro wrestling right there. That is pro wrestling. I don't know if he should be in charge of, a, of a, any kind of relationship show. <laughs> I mean, because he married himself. If Flavor Flav can pull off, I mean, G Dennis Rama can do this. This this can happen. But, could, but, but honestly, could Flavor Flav really pull it off? I don't I mean, know. He had like some moderately attractive strippers from around the country going out with a life-size cockroach with a gold, uh, you know, big-ass Jesus piece. And it actually <laughs> lasted two seasons, not because of the cockroach, because are these women. And now I need to know their names. Oh, delicious. <laughs> say. Oh, okay. Well, I'm, I'm all in. <laughs> By Nobody the way, remember Flavor of Love because of Flavor Flav. They remember because of Delicious. And and, uh, and what was the other one? Um, um, the New one York. with the three boobs. I can't think New of the name. New York. Yes. Uh, but I was going to say, speaking of like reality and dating shows, um, Kenny King, who's on our back on our now because he got eliminated from The Bachelorette. Yeah. I know what. He, he disqualified himself from The Bachelorette. Oh, oh, Kenny. He's. Honestly, yeah. he's, he's getting a bit of a push right now on ROH TV. Really, like, just they're milking off that Bachelorette juice, which is amazing. When he right. came in for a match last week, I was like, oh, please mention the Bachelorette. And they totally did. Like, oh, Kenny King right. so so popular with Ellen DeGeneres. And I'm like, what is this coming from? And, uh, yeah, he's, so he, now he's next in line. He's the competitor, uh, number one contender for the U.S. the TV championship. I think, I think so. so. But, but the deal yeah. was, though, he eliminated himself because uh, he was concerned with the ramifications of bringing this woman around his daughter, who is the only person that means as much to him uh, okay. about. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, the entire world just went, eh. but you know, that's good for him. I don't know how, uh, uh, how much I believe that because this woman's also badass crazy, but um, <laughs> it is what it is. He, he, say, he saved face, he got out, and he made a name for himself. That's what you're supposed to do. And now it's he might be the new TV champion. We don't know. He might win a belt. It still ain't gonna get people to watch ROH at twelve o'clock at night. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, I watched it. I watched it at a very reasonable hour. Thank you. Yes. It, it, no. <laughs> to be fair, Ring of Honor is switching channels. Um, if you don't catch uh, Ring of Honor on your local uh, television station or the Fight Network in Canada, uh, they're going to add it to one of Sinclair's other BS stations. Um, at I want to say Sunday nights at ten. And I'm, I'm not sure where it's supposed to start, but I think it's, it definitely starts this month, though. Hey, Jamal will almost not be right of me if I didn't tell you that um, your favorite uh, first family of the U.S., the Ball family, is also getting a reality show <laughs> on Facebook. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> on Facebook? Yes. Oh, uh, Jesus. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's happening. So You know you bad. When you don't even make it to TV, you don't even make it off the internet. They're not even going to like a, a, a video media site. They haven't even made it to YouTube. That's got to be a step below if you've made it to, to Facebook. Like each episode is 160 characters. Like it, is, it just doesn't make sense. Oh, it's just as good as when you and your boys get together, or not you in particular, but you know, when the boys get together and people's like, hey, let's just come up with something real quick. I mean, it's going to stream simultaneously right next to everybody's homegrown reality show. So. And they supposed to be the big baller brand, but they surely struck way out. Not even E, not MTV, not, not, I don't even know, not own. So <laughs> what barbershop did you what? get this information from? Oh, legit, legitly from TMZ. Oh, dear. Okay. Yeah. Whatever that means, right? Wiki, no, Wiki, Wikipedia truth. That TMZ is about as real as that word legitly is. 
Yeah. <laughs> All right. So still talking global force real quick. Look, why? Because I just got one more. I got one more comment, and I don't, I don't have any information on this, but I really want to know what you and you guys. You two have been funny right now, so you, you're really entertaining me. But Alberto Del Rio won uh, or unified the heavyweight championship at the conclusion of Slam Roshi 15. But he cuts a promo about WWE, about how everybody's lazy and how Bobby Lashley is the best worker he's ever worked against and nobody in WWE could ever put on a match like Bobby Lashley could. Quite frankly, why is Alberto Del Rio so angry right now towards WWE? Like, what did they do to him? It's long, it's long past. I mean, it's been months since he's been released. Paige is still under contract. But he still cannot seem to keep WWE name out of their mouth. I mean, every time he's uh, caught by TMZ, he has to say something. If it's not tweets, if it's not his Periscope. And he actually cut two promos from what I think I read um, against them. And one they tried to retract. Um, they tried to prevent. Uh, and, of course, the one at Slammiversary, they, oh they just, it just happened. But what do you guys think? Like, what, what, is, what does he have against them that he just can't let this go? I feel like Vince okay, well, would pay money to bring him back up. He would he'd do it. Like I saw I saw Del Rio wrestle. He did a house show here a couple of years ago in Toronto. He was over as fuck. The crowd loved him. He looks like a melted action figure in real life. I'll tell you that much. He just does not he, he looks natural. Like not not in the gassed way, but just in the oh, what is wrong with your body? Wear a cuff, man. Jesus, peen watch all the time with him. Uh, <laughs> horrible. Um but you know he he can work. He's still a legit wrestler. He's got you know good good lineage. He's got a good name. Got a good look. And I like I think he's he hasn't he's like he's trying to burn the bridge, but he doesn't have the right dynamite. Like he's not he's he's lobbing grenades at them, trying to get them. Is it about Paige? Is he trying to get them to release Paige? Is he just trying to bring up ratings for Global Force Wrestling? Like what is? I'm not exactly sure what his periscope rants are about other than cocaine, maybe, allegedly. I don't know. That's I'm not here or there, whatever, but it's it is really odd. He's a very strange man and you know, he just he didn't have a storyline, right? In WWE when he left. What was the last thing? Yeah, Mex America. What was that? Yeah, was the it, last thing? No, no, it was League, 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 League of Nations. Oh geez, I forgot all about that. Yeah. And League um, of Nations after that, which was okay. It was an okay stable. But yeah, Mex America, oh god. Well, well, here's the thing. There, there are two things. Uh, number one, and leads into number two. Number one, uh, Alberto Del Rio is a dick. Uh, that's just flat out. Mm -hmm. It is what it is. He's a dick. And the second thing is, because he's a dick, he, if you've ever been fired from like a job that you thought you did really, really well, but you didn't, you had a problem with management, and they they fired you before you could fire, before you could quit, and you just feel bitter about that. And that's kind of what this is. He's clearly wrestling again. You know, he, but he's a dick. He stood up, um, he got arrested with his brother in like Amsterdam. He stood up the guys in um, Mexico. They don't mm -hmm. want him back. Mm -hmm. He um, stood up another company in Mexico and he's kind of BSing with um, uh, the indie scene and uh, Global Forest Wrestling. So it's part of it, his own undoing. Um, why does he have to go take the Periscope and rant and rant and rant? Um, why does he have to uh, rant after the cameras are over um, and then do a second ramp and then they eventually um, cut his mic or whatever? It just doesn't make sense. But the reason why is because he's a dick. 
and he doesn't realize that, well, you did that. It's over. You can do something different or not because he's a dick. So, that's, I mean, I think that's pretty much what it is. And this is this is why people don't care. It would be different if he actually made sense of it. Like, hey, you know, he's trying to put over the talent. Like, this is why the locker room is the best because we're not wrestlers. We're wrestlers, not sports entertainers. Um, but he's not doing any of that. He's just going on about how big Triple H's nose is and about how him and Stephanie are idiots. And like, okay, well, that logic doesn't really make sense considering that Global Force is, you know, a very, very, very small. If 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 WWE is doing it wrong, then how dare you stand on the stage of Impact Wrestling or Global Force and say <laughs> we're doing it better? <laughs> what kind of Mexican crack are you smoking? It doesn't make sense. Yeah, because we are, like you said, because we all know in six months, what was formerly known as Global yeah. Force Wrestling will be. The, the, they may the, actually change into Southpaw Regional Wrestling. That may be a thing. <laughs> so, oh, wow. folks, Jeff Jarrett presents Southpaw Regional Wrestling. It's going to happen. Our Life Wrestling, I'm calling it right now. A L, I mean, O L W, Our Life w, uh, Wrestling. I like it. And they, they have the referees dressed up as giant um, owls. You know, I like it. Do you think they'd even have the money to book Drake for that? Because, you know. No, well, they were operating out of a carryout in Nashville for like six oh. months. And then they, um, then they moved to Orlando. God, did you guys watch the pay-per-view where the lights went out? And it's like, oh, my God, did you pay your electricity bill? What's going on, TNA? Why did the lights go out? It was Ab the greatest thing I've ever seen. Absolutely. And, you know, the funniest, the, you oh, know, man. I think really one day, this one day, we should just have a like a just uh the foolish the most foolish things of global force or impact or tna whatever you want to call it of all time like if it ain't from them paying people to go to matches if it's not from uh the one where they had the uh what would they call it the empty arena match which i'm like oh come on now <laughs> now you we, we all know what really happened here couldn't sell those tickets but, but whatever no, it may be you know, tickets, are sell. tickets are free they give them away <laughs> when you go to universal Yep, that's amazing. I would so, do the trip for it. Yeah, well, I don't know about that. But because I, I, I would do it. I would just say I did, yeah. Jamal definitely made a point that he said he if somebody paid him to go to Global Force, he would do it. <laughs> yeah, but then again, I mean, Harry Potter World apparently is like reopening and has a bigger thing now. So I think Hogwarts is fresh than go to Global Force. Let's, um, Let's get into some WWE talk a little bit. Um, we do got the Great Balls of Fire pay-per-view that's going to be this Sunday. And a lot of, you know, a lot of people have been making fun of the names and, you know, they had um, some problems with the clearing rights, which I guess, um, which we talked about last episode that they cleared up. And a lot of puns, like puns galore all over the place. Um, but Nonetheless, I mean, I get the essential feeling that a lot of people are not excited about it or, you know, maybe just think because of the name that it's just not going to be a good show. But on the contrary, looking at some of the storyline that's been built up for it, I think it has potential to make some people's believers afterwards. So my question to you guys is basically from the car, what uh, match do you think will end up still in the night? Uh, I can be honest with you. I, I really got to be honest with you. The name is so offensive to me for how absurdly dumb it is. I have pretty much boycotted this pay-per-view. Now, I stream the pay-per-view anyway, so it doesn't cost me a damn dime. 
other than time and money time out uh, I mean, time, no 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 you can't you can't do that because when i said that like three weeks ago about something you got on me so I, about about streaming something no but that no you you were flat out ceiling though um i actually have a, a <laughs> WWE. I, I had a wwe account but it got hacked so you know i don't god only knows what's happening with that. good point so that's Continue. that's a thing that i will never have again but um <laughs> The Great Balls of Fire is the, is the dumbest damn thing I've ever heard. The only thing that it's missing is in your house. So that's what I would, you know, that's what I would need is balls in your house. But <laughs> I really don't know what the um what the card is because Raw has been oppressive. Um, SmackDown is just not worth watching. I haven't watched WWE in a long time. Let me throw a couple of matches at you real quick, just see uh -oh. if you, something that may. No, uh, I'm gonna look it up. I'm gonna look it up. Okay. This is, this, it, all right, go for, all right, Caitlin, what you have for me? You know, I'm going to be really disappointed if the Samoa Joe Brock Lesnar match is a squash. I'm going to say that right off the top. If it is a 10-second Brock destroys Joe, I'm going to be throwing and screaming because they've built it so well. I want to see these two destroy each other. And the promos have been great. Oh, God, like that when Joe was threatening Heyman in the ring and just whispering to him, and the mic wasn't on, but you could still hear it. And he was so just like gut-wrenchingly terrifying. I thought about that promo for a solid 24 hours. Like that is amazing work. And like, we all know Joe is great at this. Uh, you know, Brock Scott Heyman, so he's fine. He's, he's doing okay. He can look intimidating and very, very red. So he's, the build up to it has been so good that it's gonna be really deflating, you know, if it is the reverse of the, the Goldberg Survivor Series match where Brock goes in and takes Joe down in five seconds. It's just, I, I, a lot of people are predicting that's going to happen. And I just will be so outraged because, you know, A, Joe deserves more than that. And B, I think we all deserve more than that. We, we deserve to see them kill each other for like, 10 minutes, you know, even more than that. That'd be great. But I mean, I, I'm not sure where in the night that'll happen, if that'll be at the end or if the ambulance match is going to happen at the end or leading up to that, because, you know, we, we want to see Strowman throw reins into an ambulance it's gonna be great but you know agree roman roman's gonna you know punch his way out of the ambulance and then you know not stay down for a two count so you know we know how that's gonna go but no i mean i'm into those two matches for sure they're gonna be great um my boy seth rollins one of my probably my favorite wwe wrestler um yeah i don't know what they're gonna do with this match don't have a lot of faith it's gonna be that exciting i uh you know, I love heel Seth more than anybody in the roster. Face Seth, mm, he's, he's trying, he's trying, but oh, he's such a scumbag. It's great, he's a great scumbag, but Ray, not. Ray Rod hasn't I mean, been anything more interesting than boring at like this. Yeah. This so it's like, well, it, so like this this Wyatt match might end up being dull. I'm kind of afraid it won't be super exciting. Um, and like, what's Finn Balor doing? They're saying they might throw a match with with Samson with him. Like, is that going to be on the pre-show? Uh, if they regular if they regular Bauer the pre-show, then what are you even doing with him? It's, I feel it like is, he's yeah. not announced as of now. So that I mean, one of their biggest stars. That they've had a match. That's 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 pretty crazy. Oh, do we have Enzo versus Cass? We do, don't we? No, I can tell you that no one cares about this. Oh, I want to <laughs> see it though. I want to see it. I can tell you this match. If this match isn't a squash, I, I'm not. I will be. I'm, oh yeah, yeah. That's, I'm fine with that being squashed. That would be great. But oh man, the heat, the emotion. If they carry that over to SummerSlam, I'm fine with that too. But it's that would be another like third fun match to watch on this thing. So, so but but speaking of that though, I mean, 
I would love for the Brock and Samoa Joe match to not even happen. I would like for it to be a total flat out Ooh, brawl. Backstage, and, and yes. it, yeah, I would love for that to get carried to SummerSlam. I mean, the match caliber, the names, um, and the pedigree of both of them is a SummerSlam worthy match. Um, I oh, didn't yeah. think I didn't think they were going to pull the trigger on this because obviously they both been um a lot of interviews about how they wanted to work with each other, but you know, it's happening. It's happening sooner than before. And I think that for this to be a one ounce would be a total like foolery if this is just on great balls of fire. Uh throw away pay-per-view, even though they're saying they're gonna do it uh annually now, but who cares? This match right here belongs on SummerSlam, point blank. So I, I would love, I don't want this to be uh you beat me once, I beat you twice. The bra the Goldberg thing. I don't want that again. Just let this be a mm. flat out brawl and it never happens. Never happens. Agreed, that'd be great. I, I, I'm looking at the list now. And of, of the eight matches, um, there isn't a single match that I give a good goddamn about. You definitely, you, you definitely care about Titus O'Neil. I know it. Uh, Titus mm. Brand, Titus Robot. <laughs> yeah, Titus st still blocked on Twitter by Titus. Nah, don't care. So here's the thing. Um, I have a feeling, and I, and I said this a couple weeks ago, that Joe versus Lesnar won't happen, and they'll save her for SummerSlam because the program has been going exponentially well. I mean, people actually care about Brock because he has somebody that legitimately could maybe beat him, maybe not, but step to him. They tried to brought Strowman, didn't work. Try to bring Roman Reigns, please, Jesus, no, not again. But save that for the bigger stage, and I hope that's what they'll do. But the other matches, um, the 30-minute Iron Man match, um, tag Iron Man match versus um, Shamaro versus the Hardy Boys. Don't care. Um, the Miz versus Dean Ambrose. Ambrose is a bore. Don't care. Um, uh, Enzo versus Big Cass. Well, I would have cared three months ago when they were relevant, but don't care. Great point. Bray Wyatt is a bore. Um, and Rollins is whatever. I don't care. Um, Bliss versus Banks. Well, Banks is on 205 Live all of a sudden, and Bliss has kind of been a meh champion trying to hold up like three feuds by herself. Can I interject really quick? Uh -oh. Alessa Bliss has not put on a full match since she's been on Raw, and that automatically disqualifies her for me of any interest at all, besides Mike work, which... Wait, wait, wait. Raw's a three-hour show, but each match is five to seven minutes. I, nobody's put on a full match on Raw in a year. <laughs> I'm talking about Alessa Bliss has Fair not point. done anything worth worth any bit of a singles match that seeks any interest because of what she can do in the ring. I mean, it's been it's, she's been using like the whole like weasel technique, cheap shots, run around. Okay, all that but, good stuff. but let's be fair though. WWE doesn't have. Uh, actual heels. They have cowards and faces. Seth Rollins has always been a cowardly champion. Uh, Kevin Owens has kind of like been you know, the most heelish of the champions. Um, Bliss has kind of been like, meh, meh. But look what she's had to deal with. She's had Bailey's, who's like gone brain dead since she got to the main roster. Um, Nia Jax is just a tub of goo that I don't know what to do with. I love Nia Jax. <laughs> I wish they would do something with her. She should have been the Samoa Joe of the women's division, except she's the great Kali of the women's division. <laughs> then you have. Oh, no. Really so she, Charlotte's gone, uh, so which is good or bad, depending on how you look at it. But they have Mickey James. Has Mickey James been on Raw? 
I haven't heard social media pop up about how good Mickey James looks since she got the raw. So I don't blame Bliss for being, uh, you know, an underwhelming champion when her competition has been dog ass for a long time. And you're and Bliss, who isn't the greatest of the greats, but she has the belt for some reason. Okay, fine. But they're not exactly preparing her with people that can build her up. They're not exactly pairing her with uh, giving her a program with a with a person that can uh, go in a direction that's mutually beneficial. Yeah, can we can we all admit that the brand split really hurt the women's division? It would have made so much more sense if one of the shows got the women's division and one of the shows got the yep. tag division. Would have made complete. Uh, I think, I think it would have made more. I think I agree with that, but I also think that 205 Live um, should have should have gone to SmackDown and maybe Raw kept the. Uh, Women and both of them get tags. Um, yeah, because Raw's longer show; they have more time. You're right; that'd be good. Right, so that they could package SmackDown as a three-hour event, which they already do. But 205 Live could actually be live instead of pre-taped, um, and they could work that into SmackDown deal. But either way, um, the the pre-show match is Neville versus Akira Tozawa, which on paper, two and a half years ago, would have been money. I would have flown anywhere in the country to see that. I would have gone back the to Toronto. Yeah, it's a Dragon Gate yeah. match. It's great. Yep. It would have been awesome. Now, you throw in Titus O'Neil. It doesn't make you uh, want to see it with Titus O'Neil. Like, that adds to the excitement. The Titus Titus O'Neil you know? is the physical embodiment of leukemia. <laughs> <laughs> He's a good dad. He's a good father. We have He's a great, this. no. Like, the, the dude, um, Thaddeus Buller, is a great person. He's a yes. great American. He's a great individual. And if you've seen his TED Talk, uh, which is something that I never thought I would be interested in. Um, he has a hell of a story. Titus O'Neil is cancer, like physically. <laughs> Jamal He's has, cancer in a suit. Jamal has never recovered from that last one when he had his singles run right after his breakup with Darren O'Neill. That one promo he tried to cut in the ring. He, and he bit kept stuttering. the hand. Oh my God. <laughs> so yeah, he had he had like Bell's palsy in the ring, which is a problem. A uh, damn near had a stroke, and then you know, and then um, he bit the hand. He touched McMahon, and McMahon, yep, huh. yeah, huh. don't do that, don't do that. <laughs> he still hasn't recovered from it. So, yeah, like, oh, oh, yeah, that was when he got suspended, right? That was like the fucking yeah. recruiter tape, recruiter tape. Like, let's rewind and see what happened there to get him suspended. He touched his arm, like it was the weirdest thing. Like, he, he then, touched it. Vince went back and to the left. You can see it back and to the left. He touched his arm. Vince went back, and that next thing you know, he said, "Get your monkey ass hands off me!" And he was about to fire him, but Road Dog said, "Nah, don't do that, Vince." Oh my what god! Did Batista call him too? Be all like, "Don't fire my buddy." Right now, not hold on. Now I've not been watching Impact like that, but Jamal, no you, one do has. you know who's? Do you know who's actually on Impact? Oh, is that a, is that a trick question? <laughs> your boy Gradleberg is here. Oh yeah, I heard he came back. I didn't uh, know that. I love yeah, I love, well, he was he was in an um, in Impact for a while. He was like um, one of their mid card champions, which is another heavyweight championship. I need to see what. Uh, well, it's too late now. I wanted to see what the Amy came out to, but uh, uh, let's uh, move forward to. He doesn't come out to Madonna in Impact only in uh, WCPW and uh, in England, Scotland. Cool, cool. Um, all right, let's. This this should be just um, two more two more things about WWE. Then we'll get into uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, Chad Gable was given another singles match, this time against AJ Styles. 
uh, for I think it was a qualifying match for the um, U.S. Championship. I don't rumble know, at the end of the night. Yes, yes. rumble at the end of the night. Had to right. stay rumble. But Chad Gable, another very solid match. I mean, everybody knows about his collegiate uh, wrestling career, and he put on a clinic in the ring. Absolutely good. A second second week in a row of a great match, of a singles match of one half of American Alpha. And I want to know what you guys think about this. I mean, what is the, the method to the madness behind this? I mean, uh, is, it, is it time for a singles run? Is Jason Jordan hurt and we don't know about it? Uh, what's, what's going on here? Um, the problem is, is that, um, whether Jordan's hurt or not is less of an issue than they don't know what to do with American Idol. Yeah. They're stuck in the middle. They either need to be the world's greatest tag team 2.0 and have Kurt Angle manage them or mentor them in some way, but that can't happen. But what are they? Who are they? Um, and they're very bland. They're very, very, very bland. They need a manager desperately if they're going to continue as a tag team. Um, why or what they should be, but they definitely need somebody to uh, be that uh, mouthpiece for them. Also, uh, Chad Gable, great wrestler. No one can argue against that. I know we're just not the best looking guy. <laughs> so I love Gable, but if he were my type, he's definitely not my type. So I don't know how well that would affect his singles run because, yes, he is a great wrestler, but WWE doesn't sell wrestling anymore. And if you put him next to a Seth Rollins or, you know, but then again, Dean Ambrose is a thing, so I guess. But um, And then there's Link, who is the um, Cruiserweight Championship. I mean, Link? that – yes, Link. Neville, Link, Zelda. Yeah. No, no. No. Yeah, no. yeah, that's a hard no. Just gonna, just gonna, just gonna keep it on in the keep it in no area. <laughs> but 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 nobody cares about the cruiserweights though. So even if I see what you did there, god damn it. Oh, okay, but still, um, yes, Neville does look like an elf, which is what he was getting at. But I do think that, um, no, since no one cares about the cruiserweights. They could put out an actual bag of trash and put a belt on it, and nobody would know the difference. Yep, yep. But the problem with, with American Alpha is, and, it, and we said this when they were leaving NXT, uh, they can wrestle. They could wrestle anybody out of the gym and hang with their with the best of them. So what? What is their gimmick? And that was the same thing we said about Bailey. That was the same thing that we said about um, Ty Dillinger. Um, mm -hmm. They, they're all great. We've seen them at their best. Unfortunately, that was NXT TakeOver Dallas. Now what? And some people will either reinvent themselves or not. And you can only, you know, uh, play that tune for so long before it gets boring. Ask Sasha Banks about that. Ask Bailey about that. Ask Bray Wyatt about that. Yeah, there's been a lot of discussion I've read, too, about the idea of NXT's characterizations being a really kind of self-contained sort of storyline. You know, it's it's a smaller stage. It's a one hour a week. You have more time to really develop and, and you know, work and workshop character. And then you kind of lose all of that when you move to the main roster because you have a bigger stage. You have all this time you have to fill and you might not get on every week. And it's not really building your character to any sort of like takeover conclusion. And 
and also it maybe you know you're going to lose some of the fan focus because maybe there's people watching the bigger shows that haven't been following you on NXT. Maybe they don't have the network, and so they don't know what your background is. Like so American Alpha, the little the towel thing, right? Like they had their, their fun little towels, and they were cool nerdy guys, and everyone liked watching them because they were just goofballs. But then they took that away from them, and you know what? What do you have? After that, you have two guys in singlets who are very good wrestlers, but yeah, don't really have a whole lot of personality outside of, you know, being white meat baby faces, really. Like, how, how would a heel turn look for either of those? You know, what would a heel turn look like for them? Would that help if you heel turn Jason Jordan? Maybe, but. Mm. But I, I don't know. But then if you, if you, how do you heel turn them without taking away their wrestling acumen? You know, how do you, tra like, transforming them? Because they're great, technically, you know, proficient wrestlers, and that's kind of how they got to yeah. where they are. Do you take them into a, and make them heels, and which is kind of like the lazy, let's cheat to win, or you know, whatever mm. you know. Use, that's not necessarily their style that made them uh, an attraction anyway. Um, I think yeah. that's why I think that's why I think they need a, um, a a mouthpiece. They need somebody to speak for them. But the transition between NXT and the main roster in general is that. You, you, they're not playing the same game. This isn't a, this isn't like the college to the pros. This is, you know, like the CFL to the NFL. Both of them are technically football, but they are not the same thing. And if you nope. grow up playing one thing, and then all of a sudden you get drafted by the Packers and get blown out of the gym, well, you weren't prepared. And I think you a lot of these girls here. You have to adapt anyway. Um, and that's what it's going to, that's what it all comes down to. And we've seen the Kevin Owens adapt or, or did he actually, or is this just like, is it just a miracle where Kevin Owens has the perfect gimmick that fits him so well that he doesn't have to change a damn thing because honestly, Kevin Owens has been Kevin Owens since 2010. So he's been running that gimmick since he got to the U S however, Sami Zayn, the things that we loved about him in NXT is kind of boring now. And he's turned into um, Jesse Eisenberg, the wrestler, <laughs> and that's not been uh, that's hasn't been going over so well. So, uh, so what is it? Um, I think I, Kevin is is actually an anomaly, and his his gimmick is so perfectly suited for him that he doesn't have to change. But, oops. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna give like the best example I can think of. Honestly, is Neville. I cannot believe how good his gimmick is now and how he adapted to it. Because you know, for one, he had to change that character completely. Is there was nothing for him as this kind of geeky superhero who is jacked to hell. He was an inverted Dorito shape. Like how, you're not supposed to look like that. I just, it's insane how jacked he is. And it was it was going nowhere, and then he pulls out this heel turn that no one's expecting, and it was just so insane. And the fact that he plays it so well now, and even that he's had to tone his style to the point where you don't do the high flying, you do a lot of more ground-based stuff, and he has the submission moves, and he's, he's on the red arrow, what, like twice this year? So right. the fact that he has managed to literally morph this character into something that is, you know, for one, it's incredibly successful. I don't know who's going to do, like, do we even know who's eventually going to beat him? I, I, is it Johnny Gargano? Like, is it somebody we have not seen yet in WWE? It's just he's, he's so dominant that we would not have expected that to happen, not even when he was coming out of NXT. Like, he was not right. at that, that level. So I think that he is kind of the blueprint that I, most wrestlers should be following if they're going to be adapting their character to something different. And hopefully more but, successful. I, I but even though it's different, even though it's different, it still fits within his with his skill set because yeah. uh, Bo Dallas was ran NXT for a good year, and nobody could argue. I, that I still believe. Right, I think he still can. But uh, obviously, 
that is not the case right now. The, the second he left NXT, uh, oops. Yeah. So I, I don't think it's necessarily about the uh, adaptation of a character and a, and a gimmick. Uh, it's more about the evolution. Force it. The New Day, for example, they were not the same thing that they are today. Uh, they had to adapt and, and evolve and transform. But a lot of guys don't get that chance. It's like, hey, this isn't work. Okay, back to the bench with you. You'll do house shows the next six months. <laughs> in this show, I'm not making Bray White. If they could put Bray and the White family right off, man, that would have been something else. Right. Like, you know, put me, like, not Bray, sorry, it was Bo, because, like, Bo looks like a terrifying swamp redneck. He's scarier than his brother, for God's sakes. Like, look yeah. at him. He's his creepy smile. Like, I love yeah, Bo uh, I, I think that, yeah. It could still happen. You know, still Some, happen. Something's to make of him because this conditioning has looked a lot better. And um, he seems to uh, starting to make himself um, look more like a wrestler and less like a slob like he, like he has been. And he's been staying out of trouble because uh, TMZ was loving him for a little while as well, too. But yeah, I think... Well, uh, drunken Lion King karaoke at the airport. I mean, good times, man. <laughs> Rick Flair would have done it. Bo Dallas can do it. <laughs> But I, I, I don't know. I'm just going to throw this out there. With American Alpha, I think uh, Gable, I think everybody is aware of his wrestling. Uh, his, like I said, his collegiate wrestling career. And he deserves a singles run because they know he has the talent. So I leave Jason Jordan. I think this is an opportunity for them to bring back Shelton Benjamin, put him back in his old gimmick, pair them two together, and, uh, and re, like, re-event Team Angle 2.0. Um, but they already did that. And it was and it was Gable and Jordan already. Yeah, but now officially naming it, you know. But it, it, it again, it gives Shelton Benjamin something to do because I feel like I lo I love Shelton Benjamin act, and I thought the the fact of me hearing he was coming back before I was superly excited. Then I seen what happened to Kurt Hawkins, and I was just like, oh, okay, I I I don't, I don't know about this now. You know, I'm constantly waiting for him to get clear. Then he said he's clear. He's um doing videos online. He he took a indie. He took one date up in New York. So I said, okay, that obviously means he must be doing, getting ready to do something with WWE. So, but I still was just a little bit worried of how they was going to be able to fit him back into the roster, especially with, you know, his style of wrestling and his, you know, his pedigree and his gimmick, sort of say. But I think this is an opportunity where they can pull something off, pull something kind of cheesish, but it should work nonetheless. Um, and to your point about the New Day, which brings us into the next point, um, after that, yeah, the new day is absolutely anonymously uh, an anonymy of something that. What was what was that word again? Anonymously, I'm tongue tied. Oh dear. Here we go. No, just try it one more time. One more time. No, I'm good. I'm just going to surpass that, okay? Because I'm. Oh, okay. But any anywho, um, I think it's easy. Uh, one, two, two things I believe about gimmicks and how it should work. One. Some people are just naturals at being healed. Some people are just naturals at being faces. Neville has always been a heel from yeah. all his indie work, and he's just a natural. And when you say who's going to be the person to dethrone him, I mean, I thought Mustafa Ali would have probably been the best person to step up for it. Uh, that it. doesn't would've seem to be happening. And every, the whole internet is buzzing saying that Cedric should be the next person. But Cedric is also another natural of being a heel. So, you know... The whole thing with Alicia Fox, I'm glad that's gone, and I hope it's totally gone away. Never want to see it again. So that really does leave the point of, like, who is the next star that could come up for it, which I don't know. And then with the New Day, I mean, they're all goofball gamers, and they're just, like, three good friends that they mesh together, and they can create magic. 
So give them creative control to do their own thing, and bang, you got uh, merch selling monsters that can do no wrong in anything they do because they're being their self. So when it comes down to people that you know had to, that had to put on gimmicks that worth the NST in the small full sale crowd, yes. But when you have to captivate these arenas, it's a whole different story. And then, like you both said, I mean, either evolve or go back to your natural state, or you just get lost at sea, you become Kurt Hawkins. <laughs> Nowhere but to be I found. Do think, I do think that the elephant in the room is not being talked about, and that's Triple H. Um, the way he uh, produces, him and Michael Cole produce NXT is, uh, you know, arguably different because I don't, I don't work there, so I'm just going to say arguably different than the way Raw and SmackDown are produced. And I've heard nothing but stories about how Vince micromanages everything, and uh, he's always in your ear telling you to do this and do that. And you know, maybe his directions aren't um, explicitly clear. Maybe you know what you're supposed to know, you don't know it until you've already passed you by. So the idea is is that NXT is a different show than Raw and SmackDown. And until they figure out that NXT needs to either be a baby main roster or hopefully. Uh, but unrealistically, Raw and SmackDown needs to emulate NXT. I mean, look at the Ascension. The Ascension were, you know, was a huge deal. Uh, Tyler Breeze was a huge deal. They both made it, and Breeze struggled, you know, um, for a while in the Ascension. Um, we may not have seen them since. <laughs> The fact that they at the last review said we came out because we didn't have anything else to do, I was just too done with them. <laughs> I was just too done. It's like, yeah, we didn't have a match, so we just decided to come out. Yeah, well, uh, that comedy segment they had with uh, Brizango, though, was just, it was gold. I loved yeah, it. I yeah, loved it. Was. it. With uh, the Eddie Money tickets and just yes. it, it, that comedic timing. I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only one that hopes that that opens door for Ascension to come back and more of a, you know, a, a, like lighthearted evil foils to Brizango. That's great. It's great. We still don't know who trashed the Brizango office. We don't know. It's still a mystery about the fashion files. That's who true. Who did it? Hopefully, it be American Alpha. Yeah, right? that's true. That's true. I was going to say. Hopefully, you know what? Go ahead. We're, we're giving we're giving creative too much credit. I'm pretty sure they don't know. They just have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like they'll, they'll, they'll come up with it the day of, and Vince will be like, "Yeah, go with her." But like, no one's. We, they don't know. But it's fun to imagine. That's what wrestling's all about. That's yeah. true. Speaking of uh, segments, um, oh. so <laughs> on SmackDown, <laughs> Wale from the DMV decided to um, host a rap. Now, in, case you, in case you don't know, he means the DC, Maryland, and Virginia area, not the place where you get your car inspected. Okay, cool. Yep. It took me a minute. <laughs> he, uh, he hosted a rap battle uh, where it was uh, the New Day versus the Usos. And indeed, oh. This is one of the better segments I've seen. Now, granted, there has been a lot of there's been a lot of opinions about this, as it always is. A lot of people were like, uh, you know, WWE need to uh need to realize that there's more than just rap out in the world, blah, blah, blah. Where there's other people like, oh, you know, this is really good. I'm was managed really good. When was the last rapper they had on on the TV? Machine Gun Kelly. He got power bombed off the stage by Kevin Owens. Yeah, I said rapper though. I know I can't <laughs> think of Okay, but nonetheless, this 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 rap battle was good. I mean, the the the, the segment was good. It was actually some le legit lyrics being laid down. I mean, but honestly, 
the Usos um, really got the internet buzzing with their line wow. against Xavier Woods and his uh, oh. rated R shenanigans earlier this year. Um, Woods Maddox, greatest tag team champions for life. <laughs> but I guess I want to. I guess my my question to everybody is: um, I, I guess first off, what's just your opinion about about the segment? I mean, do you feel like it was a little bit too much? Do you think it was like good? Do you think it you know served its purpose? What? Well, I'm biased because I'm a big time fan of battle rap. Uh, I've you know been to the uh, shows around the country. And um, even up in, in Toronto for King of the Dot. So huge battle rap fan. With that said, I think WWE, uh, apparently they edited out uh, that particular uh, line. They uh, did, from their, yes. For their uh, YouTube uh, thing. So because the buzz was overwhelming, I had to look it up and see it, see the full unedited segment. I understand why they did it. Um, and But this is exactly what they want. And they'll deal with the fallout later because people are, we're talking about, even for a moment, WWE doing things. I hope this encourages them to take um, a bit more, more risk with letting uh, you know, their talent improvise and uh, do some things that may be a bit out of, outside of the box. Now, you have a 75-year-old white guy running the show, so I'm not gonna expect him to be the biggest rap fan, but it'll be interesting to see if this sets off a wave of, okay, We'll let the inmates run the asylum for a little bit before we got to rein it back in. Surprised they didn't rein it back in after the ball second. Well, that, that's a different problem. That's true. But I, I do think the segment itself was was pretty damn good. The um, the actual bars were you know were, were legit, and there were a lot of like undercover battle rap uh, things that um, people were just not going to get. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so, and, and they actually, it, this was the segment that again, once again, SmackDown just kills. And I don't, I don't, I don't watch either show, but just on paper, SmackDown is just killing it. And for some reason, uh, two hundred and fifty thousand people less watch SmackDown every week. I, I don't know why, but uh, they got the perfect host, who, you know, Wale. Um, they didn't get like some goofball to host it. Uh, May Young's hand or any stupid crap like oh, that. Oh, Flow Rider, because they love him. I oh, said rapper, sir. <laughs> they, I they don't said care. rapper. They don't care. <laughs> but, this is, but this is what I'm talking about. You have a guy who, um, you know, who thinks that Flow Rider and Machine Gun Kelly are like legit rappers that need to headline your program. <laughs> but then, like, so I have a little bit more of the news and uh, talking about the ins and outs of uh, the actual rap battle and how it came, to, came about. So I'll get to that later. But in general, the idea is um, they got people talking and it was and talking in a good way about something. The crowd popped enormously for that one line that um, the Usos dropped. But yeah, no, it was good. It was good. It'd be interesting to know um, if uh, Conceited wrote Jay-Z's, uh, um, Xavier Rhodes' last bars up. Yeah. Kaylin, what you got for me on this? It was, you know, it was fun to watch at home. I honestly, I wonder how it would have come off being there in person. Like, is it, is it fun to watch it in person? Is it, did it go on a little too long for people in the audience? It's like when you, when you watch a video segment on a screen at a wrestling show, like is, is the audience getting restless because there's nobody beating each other up? I don't know, but it was, it was fun as hell to watch at home. I'll tell you that just because yeah. I was watching the guys in the background in their weird costumes, that Statue of Liberty man holding up his torch the entire time. 
he did not move. Just did not. It was very fucking out of rows kind of tease with that group. It was. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a lot the, of the rosebuds were coming back. It was the rosebuds all the way, and I just and someone did comment on Twitter, and I thought the same thing. We were expecting the the super masked guys behind the Usos were going to be somebody. Or you know, like some tag like American Alpha, but it ended up not being anybody. It's just local talent. But it was it was a lot of fun. It's like, I don't know anything about rap battles, you know. I'm, I'm doing nothing about rap battles. But uh, Abusos fucking burned that ground and they sold it. Like they just destroyed the new day. The new day walked out that one line about being on Total Divas, and they made fun of Abusos for being fat. I mean, look at their dad. It could be so much worse. You know, they're 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 fine. They're totally fine. And people make people make fun of me because I actually know the Usos. I can tell them apart. I think Jimmy's cuter than Jay. And everyone's like, but they're twins. No, J Jimmy looks a little different. It's fine. They're, they're not identical. And they, they look great. I mean, I just it, it was really hilarious. I just kept focusing on the weight. But yeah. Yes. Yes. Like they're they're all in they're in fine shape. Like that's a very small thing to make fun of. But the Total Divas dig was great. Um, yeah, I was just about to talk about that. Oh, <laughs> uh, the Total Divas dig, like, cause that that was so spot on. Like that was amazing. I I don't think they needed to have that little brawl, but you know, had to end the segment anyway. And yeah, I don't like, think the new they, they shouldn't have been the winners. Like, well, they should have said like the USOs should have won that. I'm sorry, everyone at home knows that the USOs just killed them. They killed them in there. But yeah. but that's I think that was the that's why that was the perfect ender for it. Because yes, we exactly. know that the um, that the USO just absolute flamed the New Day and all of their crew. Mm -hmm. uh, wasn't even close. But then, of course, you have to have the um, what does that do for the faces if they just like go take an L back to the locker room? That doesn't look good for them. Yeah. So uh, yeah, the, no, the it was, DQ, yeah, the DQ made sense. But, yeah, it was so a the DQ makes sense. great segment. Yeah, and it was a great segment, and I really, really hope that they. Um, that they allow a lot of guys to take a lot more risk because I'm seeing a lot of guys are just bland. They just go out there, they do the wrestling, maybe they're a heel. Nobody really wants to be champion, I guess. You know, they, they just seem to be going through the motions. But the New Day, like them or not, you know, they do something different. The Usos had a 180-degree transformation, and they're doing something different. But hopefully um, uh, it leads to something bigger and better. Some of the best balls I've heard of recent time, uh, absolutely some of the best balls I've heard out of WWE, period. But out, out of all the mumble rappers that's actually out right now getting record deals, I mean, the Usos and the New Day brought some heat. They prepared for it, absolutely. And it was just, it was just great. I mean, they did hit low, but the New Day's no treasure of, of hitting low. I mean, <laughs> uh, talking about last week. I think you were talking about Woods and, and Maddox again. <laughs> oh jeez! It'll ne it'll never end. It'll never die. You know what? It when will I'm never die. Me, I'm gonna find that one episode we did when we literally made puns about that the entire show. It was such a foolish show, but it was so <laughs> so good. Puns all day about that. It, we we didn't let it go. Mm. Then we we got another episode where we didn't let Charlotte uh we let Charlotte get the best of us too, <laughs> making jokes the whole show. But yeah, but but to be fair, gravity got the better of her. <laughs> but like oh, I was wow. saying, the new day is no stranger of like taking chances and trying to hit low. I mean, last week, frankly, they just made that comment about Booker T with his uh, yeah. old WCW segment against Hulk Hogan, and Booker T was not happy about that at all. I mean, come on now. Well, but at the same time, I mean, does the new day take it too far with their antics? I mean. Each week they consistently try to get 
something in pop culture that's happened that's either went viral or just anything and they always um they always injected into their their promo for the day the fact that they went back and re, uh resurrected that booker t one i mean was it necessary but nonetheless do you think they just went too far with that one I wonder how many people would actually recognize where that was from. I feel like a lot, like a lot of us, like like Smarts, would know what that reference was. Same when I heard them do it, I just went like, "Oh God, they did it! They went there." For the same but, people uh, who didn't get all the lyrics that the Usos and the New Day did this week, are the same people that, who probably let that go over their head. Yeah, last exactly. Week. And it's one of those things like, would people have paid as much attention to it if Booker hadn't brought it up? Because was it Talking Smack? I forget what it was where he did bring it up and just kind of say like, "Look, guys, that was kind of uncalled for," or whatever. But because you know, you know, Booker still feels bad about it. Like he still feels bad that that slipped out, and yeah. it's an epic promo. Like I'm sorry, Booker, it's great. Like it's amazing. But yeah, um, he has to let know, that go. If, if, the, if, if the if the ball son can say it on TV, like you know, you're probably clear, Booker. You're probably you, okay. Yeah, you're definitely right. Because the Vincent man is sure. Right Vincent man sure is not uh, upset about him doing it <laughs> years ago. So. Uh, they, 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 said it on tv himself so like ugh, whatever but um well yeah the, the new day they're they're always pushing that bar a little bit further right and i think that that is a really good healthy thing that any roster should have is somebody who's kind of moving it just a little bit more to see what they come up with what was the thing that i think he said made a comment ah, i remember when about charlotte winning all the titles or winning the title bar like it doesn't matter because charlotte's just gonna win her 14th title run or something and he got heat for that right. for, for commenting right. on that so you know, it's not, I guess it's obviously not a case of live and learn for Big E, but they, I, you know, is it because they, they're merch machines, they make so much money for this company, and they're so good, and the kids love them, and Smarks love them, and it's just, I think it's the amount of stuff that they can get away with that, like, what, Kurt Hawkins couldn't, or, but did, did Brad Maddox call the crowd pricks, and he got fired for that? Like, it, it really is just this matter of, you know, right how good you are and what status you have on the card that you can push the boundaries that further and have these references that, you know, maybe someone else might not be able to do. And, you know, good on them. I think it's, I think it's fun. It's fun watching them do that sort of thing. Yeah. It's a weird thing like that where, you know, you do they are in a position of privilege uh, mm -hmm. because of the fact that they are so big and so popular and they sell so much merch and their you know, matches are, you know, the most talked about and stuff like that. Um, but I think it's also context. Even though, like, you could argue that The Miz, who is, and for a bad reason, uh, is is so equally popular and noticeable and, and out there, um, Seth Rollins or, you know, they can't make that joke. They can't insinuate that joke because of today's, you know, political climate, because people are so sensitive about certain things. Booker T specifically may be more uh, um, uh, offended by, you know, that innuendo from Big E because again this is you know beating the dead horse from 25 years ago but the uh, idea is, is that the New Day can push the envelope because they've actually been given the envelope how many would you how many times has Bray Wyatt you know we've seen how they rein him in we're like okay well this is here's your script memorize it and get out there knock him dead kid whereas he used to come out there and be you know, very, very uh, convincing as this weird, you know, cult leader type of thing. And then they make him into like not the Undertaker. So his character died. But the idea is they'll give you a push and everything that comes with it. And you can ride that wave. But once that wave crests and falls, you better have a plan B. And the New Day are still riding the wave. So I think, uh, you know, they can certainly take that risk if because it's there for them. 
But my favorite thing about that though is is Hulk Hogan's reaction to Booker T. Yeah. Winning from when, he, when that happened. And basically Hawk was like, he said, what? All right, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and at that moment, he knew that he was, he was given a pass. Nonetheless, he was given a pass right out of WWE. That, well, that pass for Hulk kind of expired, so I don't know. He should have checked the date <laughs> on that. All right. So, um, again, this week, um, this past week, New Japan Pro Wrestling ran their G1, um, what's it called? The G1 Special live from the U.S., which was um, on Access TV for a two-night special. If you have that channel. <laughs> which I had that channel. Um, but nonetheless, uh, there's a lot of things to bring up about this. I, I guess the first thing I want to bring up is um, now that the uh, New Japan is and has ran a show in the U.S. and it was greatly successful. Um, you know, they're expanding to the U.S. That's their plan. They're putting. They're, they have a couple of things in, in action as of right now. I mean, they have a, a office or headquarters, sort of say, in L.A. that they're just opening up. But nonetheless, what is New Japan's pro wrestling's blueprint for success here? Uh, I have a little bit more of the news about what their plans are going forward within the next uh, you know, 10 months or so. But okay. uh, generally speaking, Cody Rhodes said this on, an, on a uh, podcast a couple of days ago, that New Japan needs to hit uh, the major cities in North America. Um, and that is, uh, you know, L.A., obviously, uh, I would say San Francisco, Houston, Chicago, New York. Toronto, Montreal, uh, and these are big Boston. These are big Miami. These are big time wrestling cities. And you can already look at the blueprint of what's there. You know, look at what WWE does. How many times do they come to this town? Twice a year, three times a year? Well, how, come they, how many times do they give them pay-per-views? Two, three? Okay, cool. Why does Baltimore get so many pay-per-views and we don't? And they basically play in the tent in, in Baltimore. It's a terrible arena. But but Montreal is a major wrestling city. So is Toronto. So uh, Calgary, obviously. But they can definitely, you know, there is an interest. Bullet Club is, you know, is as popular as ever because of, really because of the Young Bucks and, and you know, the Elite. But just, just write that out, you know. But don't expand too big too fast. Selling out. 5,000 seats in a Long Beach Convention Center is not Madison Square Garden. So I don't expect them to do that immediately. Um, if they come to Toronto, if they sell out Rico Coliseum, cool. That's that's as good as they should be right now. If they come to you know, here to D.C. and they run the D.C. Armory, which is you know three to 4,000 seats, cool. Uh, so they don't need to go too big too fast. They should not. What they should not do is try to take on WWE head on. If they want to run a show WrestleMania weekend, cool. But don't try to outbid them to book, you know, where's the New Orleans? Don't try to outbid them to book the uh, Smoothie King Center. You're not going to win that fight. People like New Japan because they are an alternative. They need to remain an alternative and continue to make inroads in the U.S. But if they can do three shows in New York, you know, over a weekend, cool. Just not SummerSlam weekend. If they can do three shows, two shows and two nights in L.A., two nights in Toronto, people will travel. Just don't do it 4th of July when airline prices are like 800% higher than they normally would be. 
Kaylin, your take on that? Yeah, I was looking at uh, Twitter today, and uh, this user Striga out of Germany uh, was mentioning that he said that the owner of New Japan said that the LA Dojo was going to be opening early 2018, and he wants to run an American tour no later than March or April 2018. So, yeah, a few months to put that together. I think my my main concern, you know, being that you know my favorite promotion is ROH, is what they're going to do about the roster split and the partnership there because it's uh, I don't know how they're going to continue a partnership if one will essentially be cannibalizing the other's uh, live shows and rosters. Because, you know, half of these guys will wrestle in Japan and half will wrestle, like, in North America. So who is going to exactly be on the New Japan card? Uh, like, are you going to be taking ROH wrestlers? Like, actually, there was like, half of that talent was from ROH. And I know there was a lot of complaints about that, but, yeah, you know, it, it's a working partnership. They do pay-per-views together. Like, that's, that's how it goes. So I think my, just, my interest slash concern is going to be to see what the roster looks like for this tour in 2018. Like, who's going to be going with them? Clearly, you're going to have, you're going to have the elite because, you know, Omega and the Bucks are money. When they, they, they played, they did a War of the Worlds here in Toronto back in the spring, and that was the only date of the tour that Omega was on. And I swear to God, they sold that thing out as soon as it was announced. The place was packed, and it was, in, it was insane. The pop was huge when Omega came out. Like, he's, he's, he's money. He sells tickets. So oh, they're going to want show? him. Uh, it was at uh, Ted Reeves Arena, which oh, is legit Jesus. like a junior hockey like slash. It's a lacrosse arena. Yeah, it's in the middle, and it's in the middle of deep East York, which two listeners. No, I've, been, I've, I've, been, I've been there for us for Smash. Yes. Oh yeah, I love Smash. Like it's it's not yeah. it's not even Toronto. Basically, it's in the East End. So it, it's because right. they they do all their shows there when they're in Toronto, and it was it was great though. It was so fun, and it just really showed that there is that alternative that gets a lot of people out to see these guys that you wouldn't see otherwise. So I, I, the big draw, I'm sure, for New Japan is that you're going to be able to see your favorite Japanese stars in North America. And that's, you know, that, that's amazing. I just, I'm not sure how that's going to work with the rest of the roster and who's going to make it over here and who's going to be touring with them as opposed to staying with ROH or, you know, if, if, if New Japan is going to start snapping up indie guys, you know, there, there's always that chance that they're going to want to expand their roster and get some exclusive guys for themselves over here. Well, the, so, the big thing they, they wanted to do is they wanted to start their um, LA dojo. So I guess the question yeah. would be is they're definitely going to have a base in the U.S. and where that they will expand from there. So the idea is, well, who is going to um, who's, who? What will that roster look like? Of course, but I think the most important thing isn't just bringing indie guys. And they shouldn't just raid PWG and say, yeah, you work for us now. But I think if they can take familiar talent and teach them the New Japan style, that will be um, an, an equivalent. You know, unless people speak start speaking Japanese all of a sudden, I don't think that we need to see um, the B team from New Japan, like a Yoshihashi or somebody like that come over. Um, because Okada's not making the trip every time. Um, no, no, I, I didn't see him in the spring, so that was kind of a bummer. But. Right. So, you know, they're not, they're, the, the A-team isn't making the trip every time. But if we can have, you know, an American base with a sprinkle in of, you know, some Japanese wrestlers, um, I would love to see, like, a, you know, like a Goto or a Tomohiro Ishii, uh, you know, come through. But I think it'll be 70%, you know, Westerners, 30% Japanese. And then maybe for the big show, they'll come and do a uh, thing, uh, you know, bring a lot more guys over. 
what I would like to see is what will their Wrestle Kingdom of America be? Mm. Will it be this G1 tournament, you know, going forward every year in July? Will they do a July 2nd special like they do a January 1st, uh, um, 4th Dome show uh, and then the show afterwards? Um, you know, because New Japan doesn't do the touring schedule that WWE has. And Americans are going to have to realize that you're not going to get a show every month. You know, the next show is in August. Deal with it. Um, well, it's actually later this month as the G1 starts, but the next big show is in August. So they really only do four or five shows a year in Japan. So what would that schedule look like in the U.S.? Um, so it'll be interesting to see what partnerships they make. Hopefully they do a lot of business with the indie guys. I would love to see some guys that we've never heard of or uh, guys that don't have U.S. national exposure reach down into Mexico, reach up into Canada, and put together a decent roster. You know? So I, I think it could definitely work out. They just got to start really small, very slowly, baby steps. I'm not going to last on the next on the next topic because you guys both took everything I can think <laughs> of right there. So, but Will Will said absolutely um, a lot of great points there for sure. Um, and that 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 point you made up about the um the U.S. special that that's definitely very very intriguing. Which, in other words, you're basically saying, um, you know, not to mimic WWE, but what their SummerSlam is to the WrestleMania, sort of say, correct? Uh, well, um. Right, the G one would be the SummerSlam of. Um, so if they continue to run that platform, Dan. Right. Well, the G one would be the Money in the Bank of of New Japan, and yeah. Wrestle Kingdom would be the WrestleMania of um, the thing. But but you also have Dominion and Sakura Genesis and, and all this other stuff. But it's only like four or five actual shows on TV a year, yeah. and they do a bunch of house shows, maybe two or three a month. But it's not the you know, 300 day uh, journey that WWE has. So it'll be interesting to see that. And I think with that schedule, you can definitely make it work where indie guys do their local shows. They fly out to Seattle for a show for New Japan, tape those shows on TV. And what will the TV deal look like? They obviously have a partnership with Access, if you can find that channel. But um, yeah, will they do, uh, will they revamp NewJapanWorld.com uh, and Make that an actual thing? Yeah, because we're all waiting for that to really happen. <laughs> I mean, English is hard, man. English is hard. Um, well, I mean, but overall, though, I, I will say for my remarks for the G1 special this week, um, it was good. It was very, I was very impressed. I mean, some of my standouts is um, Kenny Omega's stamina, Ishii's Ishi stamina as well, too. I mean, um, the championship match went, went about 40 minutes. They both had previous matches that night and in ma uh, a match before. Um, Young Bucks are, are clearly way over. War Machine was way over, too, which is... Uh, I love War Machine. I do, too. War Machine all the way. And, and I've been hearing they've been rumoring to be free agents soon, but they're still champions. So I'm wondering what's going to happen with them, but they were, they were clearly way over. Um, but well, they have... Ring of Honor has a pay-per-view coming up. Um, I want to say it's in August. Uh, there's one, I think the one. The I next one September. Uh, yeah, the next one September. I'm going to do it. It's death before, death before dishonor in Vegas. They they usually run they usually run Field of Honor in August, but they didn't schedule it. They didn't schedule didn't line up this year, so they didn't do it. I was gonna go because holy shit, they wrestle on a baseball field in Jersey. Like that is amazing. 
Um, yeah, it's, it's actually, yeah, Field of Honor is in Brooklyn, you know, where these oh. guys play. And, um, yeah, it was Nakamura versus Jay Lethal last time I went. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, like, how amazing is that? That is amazing. Like, I would kill for that. But, um, yeah, no, our, like, our is like, New Japan, they only run, like, five pay-per-views a year, maybe, at most. And, like, WWE runs, like, 85, so... Yeah, less is better. But anyway, sorry, interrupted. <laughs> no, 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 you're good. But but nonetheless, do you think? I, I mean, with everything that was said um, in the last topic, sort of say, was was Kenny Omega the right person to put this U.S. Championship belt around, considering the plans and even the speculation of things to come moving forward? Yes, I mean it's a short answer. Uh, the the long answer is, well, this is equivalent to the heavyweight championship. It's just of America. Yeah. And since they're not going to give it to him because they're not ready to take it off Okada, and they shouldn't, then this is as good as it's going to get. It's it's the 98th percentile belt. You know, we know it's not the real thing, but damn if it ain't close. And considering that he is the first ever U.S. champion in New Japan, that's a, another honor, blah, blah, blah. What a nice belt, too. But that's a beautiful belt. Yeah. Um, so the idea is, yep, uh, I, I'm not saying... If the young Bucks, if the young Bucks weren't a tag team, you know, if one of them wanted to go for it, then man, nah, maybe that'd be weird. But um, can't put the U.S. Championship on a Japanese guy? That would be super weird. Um, so yeah, it absolutely makes sense. He's the guy selling the merch. He's the face of the company in the Western division, basically. So yeah. Oh, it's War of the Worlds, and um, that's what I was thinking about. But that's before Dishonor is in Vegas. And, yeah, what do, and what, do you, what do you think about that, Kenny? Kenny Omega, the right choice here? Uh, I thought Ishii put up a hell of a fight. That yeah. guy is a fucking beast. Like, he is a workhorse. And, like, I, I, it was just, it was unreal. It was an unreal match. And, you know, going into it, I think my, my initial feeling was that Kenny deserved it, but he didn't need it. Like, I don't, I, I don't, like, it's great that he has the belt, but it is kind of, you have to kind of shake off the feeling that's a bit of a consolation prize, right? That he didn't manage to best Okada at any point, and he doesn't have their top prize yet. So and I think a lot of us, too, as wrestling fans, we get into this idea that once a wrestler has one belt, they can't be holding another belt at the same time. So therefore, they're not going to have a chance to try for the like a higher belt when they're still holding a different one, which, you know, it, it, that is pretty commonly the case. You know, like when Seth Rollins had two belts, that was amazing. And... On the indies, you know, you got guys with five belts at one time, and that's fine too. But, you know, I, I wasn't entirely sold that, you know, maybe Kenny does need it. But the way that the press conference went afterwards and the way that it was set up and it was treated like, you know, like, like a great, the great arm that it was, and it is a beautiful belt, and it is, mm-hmm. it is a big landmark for them. Back up a promo even, afterwards too. Oh, yeah. Like just, it, it kills you. It kills you inside to see how much he loves this business and he mm-hmm. loves what he does. And, he is so passionate about what he does. And it is like the Japanese style of wrestling we, we know is so different than wrestling here in America where you do have to be the workhorse that does the quick, sharp matches for like what, six days a week. But in Japan, you have to do, you're doing those 60 minute matches where his stamina and his work rate is just through the roof. And I, he's, he's unbelievable. Anyway, gushing about Kenny. We're so proud to have him. Um, but it's, it, like I think also too, it opens up a lot of different storylines because there was that moment when you know Cody was looking to take the belt away from him, but you know just kind of oh just joking and you know yeah. put the belt around his waist. So it opens up a lot more 
avenues, I think, for storylines to happen as well, both in New Japan and in ROH, because apparently he will be defending that belt on ROH TV throughout the year. Well, so, yeah. And with that being said about um, him not, um, we, we kind of get over the, the fact of him, nobody really having two belts. Uh, so you automatically are saying that there's not a chance that he wins the G1 this year again? Um, I don't think he, I personally don't think he would be holding both belts at the same time, no. I, I feel like he would be having this belt, and once he drops it, he will move back up towards, you know, getting the heavyweight belt off of Kata. But, but, you know, is, it, is, that, is that even the final goal here? Because a lot of people now are saying that they're going to be moving Naito in that position, where Naito is the one who's going to get the belt off of Okada. And okay. because they're, they're just not sure if Kenny's going to be sticking around that long, or, you know, maybe he's just going to be a safe bet for now with the U.S. belt. So we don't know what's going to happen there. Yeah, and that's, that's, I think that's a good thing. Uh, it's good that yeah. we really don't know, and we just got to let things play out. Um, but I think that Kenny doesn't need the belt. America needs the belt for Kenny because oh, yeah. of, he's, he's the face of you know uh, the Western side of New Japan and all that good stuff. They need. I mean, could it have been Cody Rhodes? Uh, not yet. Um, and let's let's bring that up. Let's 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 bring that topic up right 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 now. Now that you bring him up, I mean. Cody Rose has his chance. There's a lot of buzz about this happening. I mean, I'm not even going to even go back to what I predicted last week, but we all know that the IWGP uh, Heavyweight Championship is one of the most prestigious wrestling belts of all time. I mean, granted, the, the belt never changes hands. I mean, I think I read somewhere that uh, within the last six years, there's only been four champions. So the internet kind of was like, yeah, so Cody automatically becomes the number one contender because of how? And you're not going to let this guy that never that does, doesn't have a New Japan sort of say pedigree background or even a statue sort of say with that crowd to come in and win. So what was the point here? Yes, we know he's, a, he's from the Rose family, but, you know, did he deserve to be in that spot like he was with Okada considering how they – you know, how they cherish their champion and how prestigious that belt is. And nonetheless, I mean, Cody did get the opportunity, but did, did, did Okada really carry that match for Cody? Which is something that I don't think anybody looking on paper would say, hey, this is not this going to be an old classic good wrestling match. No, one person going to carry the other. I mean, what, God, what I, I, want, I, I wanted Cody to win. I really did. It would be such a troll job. Like, can you imagine? Can you imagine that Omega couldn't do it? He tried. He couldn't do it. But then Cody goes in and gets that belt. Like, it is impossible on paper. It's, it, like, that would not have happened. But I, a little part of me wanted to because it just would have been the most ridiculous story. That's a Vince McMahon story. Like, that's not what New Japan would have done for sure. But, oh, man. It would have you know, been just – the internet would have exploded. I agree. That's why they can't do it. Because I think with Cody yeah. losing, it could definitely set up some, uh, some tensions within the elite and – that whole deal, blah, 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 and he's another Adam Cole. But, and then, of course, he, you know, he's still the Global Force champion, so there's that. Uh. But, so who, who knows how that would have worked out. But um, I think that Okada, you know, because we have to still remember that street racing is still illegal, and that <laughs> um, New Japan Pro Wrestling, it's their thing, the Japanese. And I think you know, putting in and someone that's not Japanese 
uh, up there. I mean, Omega's breaking barriers. You know, he's like the Martin Luther King of New Japan Pro Wrestling because he's just doing things that hasn't been done before by a Westerner. And to give that to Cody over Omega um, would rub everyone the wrong way. Not because yeah. Cody is undeserving of it, just because after two 17-star matches uh, between you know, Okada and Omega and a third on the horizon, um, Cody's your champion? What? Yeah, I just no. want to see the world burn, so I just want to see everything burn. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, we're there, Yeah. Yeah. Now it makes no sense storyline wise, but it's yeah, it's a, it, it was an interesting match. I I thought it was going to be more serious, but the minute Cody started fucking around and doing his making out with his wife and taunting, like I'm like, okay, this is not going to be a serious match. It's going to get blown out. So, but you know, Cobb is a great talent. No, no, no shame in getting that match. No matter what happens in that ring, from what what's happening in Hot Topic right now, all of them better stay put in their current storylines, their story oh, in their God. current roles. Until they milk hot topic for everything they got. So uh for whatever Cody or whatever he was trying to project, like there's gonna be something going on within the elite, this this stop it right now. That 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 hot topic money is looking really good for them. Um and the young bucks are so funny. Quite frankly, if they could wear a mic when they're outside on the ring, uh it would be it would be wonderful. Like they was doing the um the Ishii and um Omega match, they was like how are you letting this old guy do this to you? Like he's old, bro. He's old. <laughs> yeah, the young bucks are the, the young bucks are the Deadpool of wrestling, and it's yeah. we're so much. We are so much better for that. that to be here. I did. They was like, man, how did we lose our first match on TV? Like we got a hot topic deal. Like what? There, 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 there was a moment when they were posing when they got in the ring, and you see Matt saying, "We're on the opening match." I can't believe this. Like he's so <laughs> incensed, and it's just. <laughs> It is fantastic. Like, if anybody listening is not watching Being the Elite, like, just start watching on YouTube. Go to YouTube.com slash Being the Elite because it is the best. I'm plugging yes, it because I love it. It is, it is just like the weirdest canon offshoot series that, as a, you know, it's not even affiliated, but it's it's so fun. It, it is lines in actual wrestling. So, yep. rest in peace. Rest in peace, Adam Cole. We miss you, buddy. Sorry, you're yes. dead. Sorry, dead. All right, uh, all right, Jamal. Well, it's about that time. Yep. All right, so we got some news. Um, and we're going to just jump right into this uh, very quickly. WWE, according to Forbes magazine, uh, has oops. They didn't lock the front door. And apparently 3 million users uh, to WWE products had their information unprotected. There wasn't a specific breach or anything like that, but if you knew that you could, if you knew the URL that housed the information, you could easily access it. Um, and it had birth dates, ages, email addresses, ethnicities, educational background, earnings, even the customer's kids' age and their genders. And it was just stored in like a PDF. Um, Hi, Russia. The, maybe. But the uh, apparently, Amazon uh, is the problem. They hosted the uh, cloud server where the information was stored, and someone alerted WWE and their security team to get this all figured out. So when you order, um, you know, like the Amazon's uh, web hosting service that apparently hosts the server for WWE, oops, Amazon dropped the ball. So they said that nothing has gotten out, but we won't know until we know. So. Uh, if you order from WWEShop.com, you know, make sure that you uh, check your credit card statements 
check your uh, your emails and and check every and change your passwords because does it say specifically uh -huh. if it's if it's Amazon AWS servers? Right. Oh boy. That's <laughs> the same server my job uses. <laughs> well, no. this won't be the first time federal government uh, uh, breach has happened. So, hey, at this point, no. I already know my information is somewhere out in Russia or uh, the Lizard Squad. Somebody. Because if it ain't from PlayStation, yeah. Target, the government, or WWE, my information is out there. Pretty much. Um, unfortunately for a uh, former ECW great and uh, WWE promoter, Booker, um, just incredible. He may be going to prison. And, right. So he said that um, he put out a YouTube video and basically he says that, you know what? Um, quoting him, I got arrested for threatening someone who I loved and would never hurt or touch. Yet tomorrow I face at nine in the morning, I face jail time and I have not had a public defender get back to me. Quoting him still. I've had I've worked for 23 years for WWE, and I'm a former world champion, and my life is on the line here, and it's very scary. So, Pro Wrestling Sheet uh, went did some digging, and they found out that Justin Credible was arrested back in March for disorderly conduct and threatening in the second degree, since it was a domestic situation. A protective orders was issued. On court officials say on Wednesday that the case was continued until September 13th which means that uh, Justin Credible has to wait until then to go to court. Um, usually, usually jail time isn't really the outcome in these situations. They put the dude uh, or they put the offender in like a, a, a program anchor management or something like that and supervised probation. But um, damn, man, that that's absolutely sucks. And I hope that um, whatever the story was, it has a swift and amicable uh, solution. So let's move on to something happier. Uh, we were talking about the G1, and we were talking about how Kenny Omega is going to um, defend it. Uh, so on July 2nd, uh, he defeated Tomohiro Ishii uh, for the tournament, and he's the first ever champion of America, which honestly should be North America, but, but fine. So the idea is, who will, def who will he defend his belt against? Rumors are Will Ospreay, which would be very awesome. Um, Ring of Honor has a bunch of events coming down the line, and that would be awesome to see Ospreay and have his name thrown in the match. Orton versus Ospreay for America would be kind of cool down, down the road. Also, Ring of Honor says that they are um, New Japan is looking at New Orleans. They're looking to do a show, WrestleMania weekend, in New Orleans. It would be interesting Ooh. to see how how far along they are because New Japan is, is looking to start up their U.S. tour no later than March or April, according to um, uh, uh, Takabe-san, uh, the owner of New Japan Pro Wrestling. So if they if they have it, uh, they got it down. Because remember, the hype started at Wrestle Kingdom, and now seven months later, here we are, and we're talking another you know seven eight months, and we could be seeing them you know, in mass around the country. So it seems that they have a plan and hopefully they're sticking with it. We talked about the um, SmackDown battle, uh, not battle royal, but we talked about the rap battle mm -hmm. on SmackDown in Phoenix. Um, and Mega Rand, if you've seen him once, he was in TV 
on the New Day side. You know, big dude glasses. If you haven't yeah. heard his album Monday Night Raw, it's very good. Uh, very good stuff. So he did an interview with Hip Hop DX, a um, hip hop and culture blog, mm -hmm. um, earlier today. Apparently, <clears throat> the Road Dog and Devon Dudley, who are now producers, they ran the segment. And both teams were asked to send in their rhymes for approval. <laughs> oh, of course, of course. Of course. The Usos showed theirs to Road Dog under the condition that he does not let the New Day see it. Right. Right. So because so the New Day went first, they were able to write rebuttals for their jokes and murder them. So that's a bit, you know, unfortunate, but um, <clears throat> it, it is a thing, and it's um, I, I hope that they get, uh, you know, a push, and we need to see more stuff like this. So that was the news. But now, my favorite part of the week: Do we care? And basically, I'm just gonna. This is stuff that I don't care about. So if you guys don't agree, we skip it. But uh, do we care that uh, Kazuchika Okada was um, in Phoenix for both Raw and SmackDown? Yes or no? Are these one word, are these one word answers? Well, Can yes or no. I mean, if, if, okay. uh, well, no. No. if you don't care, I will skip it. If you do, I'll read on. Uh, I don't care. It really doesn't mean anything. His buddies are there. It's fine. Yeah. You hung out with Finn. It's great. Um, well, good, good. Uh, the last thing in Do We Care, because there wasn't really a lot of stuff to care about this weekend. Um, Mr. Kennedy. Mr. Uh, Kennedy. <laughs> oh, my God. No, you didn't. <laughs> you, you, you damn right I did. Give you damn out. right I did on purpose. Give a shout out to that boy right now. No. <laughs> no, I will not. I shan't. I cannot believe this. Oh, Master, blow his phone up right now. Shout out to my boy Silly Sellers, who's um currently out watching Spider-Man right now. But man, if if somebody else on this show didn't make a Mr. Kennedy um uh mention, I can't believe it was Jamal right now. <laughs> Please, man, I can't. I already, I don't even care what it is. I care. <laughs> okay. So, Mr. Kennedy was on the Wrestling Inc. podcast um, earlier this week, and basically, he talked about what happened to him after the Money in the Bank ladder match win at WrestleMania 23. Apparently, uh, he, you know, he was. They didn't know how the finish was going to go. Um, was it going to be him? Was it going to be Edge? Was it going to be somebody else? So, <clears throat> originally, there was like. We're going to go with Sam Punk. Change it at the last minute. He's going to win. He did win the Money in the Bank. Good for him. And then later on, I think at the Raw after, um, he got injured. And they said, well, long term, his injury was so bad, he tore his rotator cuff, he couldn't bend his elbow and move his arm. And Stephanie told him, well, you're going to have to lose the, um, the, you're going to have to lose the um, Money in the Bank briefcase uh, we're going to give it to Edge, and we'll have to get you next time we come around. There was no next time. But Stephanie called it. Kennedy says, and I quote, uh, he quotes Stephanie McMahon, Ken, you told your triceps off the bone, and you're going to have to have surgery, and you're going to be out for seven to eight months. But unfortunately, we still have to get that title off Taker, so we're going to fly to Penn State. Edge is going to challenge you for the briefcase. He's going to go on to do what you were going to do. So... It's cold-blooded, but that's business, and the show must go on. Whoa. So, <laughs> yep. 
and that was about his end of his run too. So uh, it's been unfortunate, but yeah, Mr. Kennedy, we care apparently. So that's <laughs> it. That's it for me. And yep, that actually happened on purpose. <laughs> Can I gotta tell you? So uh, Silly Seller is another member of the crew. I mean, for some reason, he found some way to insert Mr. Kennedy in every discussion, and it just it's just pure chaos at times. And yeah, because I mean, like this guy, he, this man Sellers has a GoFundMe for Mr. Anderson to make sure he gets a return in WWE somehow. But we all know this is never going to happen. But can I believe Jamal just plugged his favorite wrestler just now? Pure out of spite because he's not here. Pure, pure chaos, man. Okay. So to close up the show, um, let's just go down the lines real quick with a couple of things. Um, number one, um, every, uh, thanks for listening, everybody who's tuned in. Caitlin, again, thanks for joining us. I have Thank to you say, for having me. This has been absolutely fun. Um, there will be more of you. I hope so. There will be. Oh, good. Yeah, no, I, I, had a, I had a good time. It was. It's always good to talk about uh, graphs of people. It's fun. Um, but... In the meantime, make sure you um, go ahead and plug in your social media and um, anything else you want to plug in. Um, so the floor is yours. Jeez, uh, yeah, I don't. I have social media. <laughs> of course, I do. Um, my Twitter account—it's eh, not even my name because I came from a time when everyone used fake names, and it was fun on the internet. Um, my Twitter handle—you'll find it on the big old thing that we've retweeted a bunch of times. It's Crusada. C R I S E Y D E. That's me on Twitter. I uh, regularly live tweet Raw, SmackDown, ROH, bunches of wrestling shows. Most of my feed is 90% wrestling, 10% German metal music. So you might find something you like. I don't know. Um, that's where I spend most of my time is on Twitter. So yeah, come talk to me. I'm, uh, I'm there way too much, way too much. So. And, and Jamal, yourself? Well, yeah, I mean, another one that doesn't use their uh, real name for anything, uh, Giant Crab on Twitter. Um, Caitlin, are you going to Smash this weekend? I am. Actually, it's next weekend, but yes. I have tickets for the next two shows, so I love Smash. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Yeah, the next... Yeah. You saw you saw that the show in August, the headline match is Speedball Bailey versus Bobby Lashley, right? Like, that's going to be ridiculous. Yeah, it's gonna be yeah that's going to be awesome. So, yeah, yeah I, I, know, haven't, I haven't been to Smash... I haven't been to Smash this year. I've been going to, um, uh, First Wrestling in Hamilton. But, oh, um, right, right. That's, uh, Ethan Page's group, right? Right. Yeah, they're, uh, they're good people. So, yeah, shout out to Smash so, Wrestling. Really awesome company up here. They just got to do a Fight Network, so you're going to be able to see Smash on Fight Network in Canada. Yep. Awesome. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, uh, Giant Crab on Twitter. And um, I'm also seeing a bunch of movies next week, too, so we'll talk about that. Also, next week, we're going to have Mike from uh, Nova Pro Champion, Nova Pro Wrestling on. Uh, their big show is next weekend. Uh, what, what is it? The uh, American Slank 2017. Yeah, right. absolutely. That's right. And, and you know, yours truly will be doing the live uh, pre-show podcast from uh, the JCC out there in uh, Fairfax. Right. So, you know, doing us then, we you have would. a lot to talk about next week. And and if you haven't caught up with it, definitely see our friends at the inside of the gated community. Actually, they might not let you into the gated community, but there's like an intercom that you can press uh, if you're worthy enough. But check them out on YouTube. Uh, one of the biggest matches of the night is Logan Easton LaRoe, your favorite wrestler that you never heard of yet, versus Chet Sterling. He's different, apparently. And they're going at it in a, in a ladder match for the uh, Ultra J Championship. 
that's going down next weekend. I can't wait to be there for that. It's it's been a while since I've been to a Nova Pro Show, but um, glad I'm making it back for that one. And so we'll talk to Mike next weekend. See, make sure you check out the gated community, one gated community on Twitter. And um, yeah, we'll do it again next week. That's right. And um, um, we um, I will be giving updates throughout the week, but more than likely we will be going live from at VA Wrestling's Twitter. Um, excuse me, at VA Wrestling's Twitter handle. Uh, you will see the link. Also, you will also see it from my page too. We will be going live about roughly six p.m. Eastern Standard Time for the pre-show. So again, check us out. We'll we'll meet you at the door. Um, tickets and everything are still on sale. So um, at our friends over at VA Wrestling once again on Twitter. Um, any questions? Shoot us a DM. And um, any hesitant reasons on why you don't want to go? A question DM, DM. not an, not uh, an elite DM. Slide is a Kenny Omega DM, and we'll be here. Slide via, slide via the Kenny Omega DM. We don't, we don't need any of those. We're going to iron out all these hesitant people for sure on this next episode because, I mean, I know we always say it's it's the biggest show of the year, but, I mean, this is this show is going to have numerous belts defended, a ladder match. I mean, you, you get all of this for steaming $20, $25 for front row. You don't want to miss it if you're within a DMV area. So, again... Um, we will be releasing the date and time for when we will be having our interviews because we try to map around Mike's schedule because he's a busy man and a new father as well, too. But um, again, that will be happening some sometime earlier before the show. We will have our weekly show Thursday at 8. We will have our pre-show Saturday, uh, Friday at 6 p.m. So a lot coming from the Big Oba Wrestling Podcast. But again, yep. um, make sure you follow us at BGB Group on Twitter. Uh, and def- the biggest thing you want to do right now is go over to YouTube, search Big Gold Belt, and you will find us. Subscribe, hit that bell button so you get the notifications because we will be going live at least three times next week with all, all good stuff. And and not to mention our buddies over at the One Gated Community will be doing some product toss as well too. So. When you listen in, you get a chance to win. Meet us at the pre-show table. We will be announced our winner. So a lot to come for us next week. But again, thanks for tuning in today. And uh, we will catch you guys next week. Yep.